Welcome to the Habesha Finance Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial independence and overcome your money problems. I'm Matt, bringing you the education and tools to help you get your life back, build wealth, and make a difference. Hey everyone, Matt here. Thanks for joining me on this episode as we continue this series on life insurance. I just want to take a moment in case you haven't done so to go check out the Habesha Finance Facebook group. It's a great group. It's a lot of people that's growing and there are some awesome questions and conversations that are going on that will help you if you need encouragement on how to budget, if you need some tips on how to build wealth and definitely go check that out and make sure you join today. All right. Now that you have a high level overview of the different types of life insurance available, and if you don't, go back to the previous two episodes. Hopefully, you can choose the best product that meets your needs. I'll confess that I am one who looks for every opportunity to save and invest with as much control as possible. Generally, for all young people, and when I say young, I'm talking about those in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and I may even go as far as to say 50, level term or annual renewable term will be your best life insurance option. This is because you have 20, 30 plus years to get your finances straight and become self-insured, meaning you have built so much wealth and made so much money that you won't need life insurance. Remember, the goal is always financial independence, financial freedom, not financial dependence. Save, invest, and stay away from debt. I wish, you know, those three pieces of advice would be ingrained in so many of us at a young age. And I say this because based on the research I've done, if you have time, you have options. Getting into a high-cost life insurance product is simply not maximizing your future earning potential. I'm going to share with you my strategy for maximizing life insurance while securing your financial independence no matter your income or age. When you analyze a life insurance product, Take into consideration other factors that play a role in your goal of financial freedom. And I'll go over a few of those considerations. Just know that this strategy is about having many tools in your financial toolbox, not just one. Now, without sounding too morbid, when you die, the government taxes your transferable assets above a certain amount. In 2019, Estates with a value equal to or less than $11.4 million do not have to pay the federal estate tax. Usually, this number is changing as it is adjusted for inflation. Any value above this amount, any value above the $11.4 million for one person and then for a couple, married couple, that's $22.8 million. Any value above those numbers is taxed at 40%. Ouch. Also, just know that the life insurance policy amount is also considered to be a part of that estate. Okay? So it's considered to be part of that estate. 
There are strategies out there like keeping your assets in irrevocable trusts or an LLC to minimize the tax impact of your estate when you die. And I'll talk about that on another episode. But for now, you know, I encourage you to learn more about estate tax because as you continue on your path towards financial freedom, you will need to find optimal ways to protect your assets that you pass on. Personally, I like the idea of setting up an LLC or a trust where I can minimize the impact of taxes and possibly even avoid that impact altogether. Even if your assets never go above the 11.4 or $22.8 million mark, having a trust is always a good bet so that probate is avoided. Basically, that's an expensive process involving lawyers that you can easily avoid with a will and a trust. Like I said, I'll discuss more in detail about trusts and transferring assets in a later post. For now, just know that having a will and a living trust are basic, essential tools you can greatly benefit from having. So get those things done ASAP, like the end of next week, okay? Now, saving can be fun. Investing can be scary. However, understand whether you invest in a taxable or non-taxable account you need this tool in your financial independent toolbox. The average, listen to this, the average of all the 40-year periods for the S&P 500 index since 1928 has yielded about an 11.8% return with dividends reinvested. I am not taking into consideration the average inflation rate of 3% since 1928, so investing in an S&P 500 index fund at Vanguard or Fidelity or Charles Schwab, you know, had it been available, obviously the S&P 500 index fund wasn't available until Jack Bogle created it. I'm not sure if it was the 1960s. I believe it was around the 1960s, 1970s. Since that index fund wasn't available, we're just, you know, playing along. So if you take inflation into consideration, then you would have had about 8 to 9% of returns. So you can do the math yourself. The strategy for young people with life insurance is to save and invest as much as possible. Get a low-cost annual renewable term life product if you want life insurance until you're 60 or 80. Then invest in yourself. Invest in your education. Bet on yourself. Invest in the stock market. Low-cost index funds are the way to go in taxable and non-taxable savings accounts. Obviously, investing and investment strategies go beyond just this podcast. So you definitely want to talk to a financial professional, do more reading for yourself. But personally, I am a fan of the S&P 500 index fund, the total stock market index fund that, that basically invests in all of the publicly traded companies in the U.S., almost like 4,000 companies, a little over 4,000 companies. There's a great educator, a great investment educator by the name of Paul Merriman, who also advises, you know, who recommends having a little bit of small cap value. And these are like, you know, your smaller companies, not the Googles and the, you know, Berkshire Hathaways of the world, but the smaller companies on that list of publicly traded companies, but specifically small cap value, because Historically, that has added to the return of your investment. Either way, whatever you go with, whatever low-cost index fund you go with, I don't think you can go wrong. 
The fees are extremely low and your money is spread out across hundreds, if not thousands of companies. Now, index funds are available at companies like Vanguard, Charles Schwab and Fidelity, as I mentioned. And, you know, I talk a little bit about these companies in an article that I will post in the show notes. But uh, don't be a fool. Like, don't be a fool when you're getting into one of these brokerage companies. Make sure you understand the fees, the turnover ratio, the, you know, expense ratio that you're getting yourself into. It's important for young people to understand this. Having a 1% fee, a 2% fee can have a big impact on the long-term return of your investment. So all that to say, I don't see how any young person would not get the term life insurance product, especially if you have people who are depending on you because you give yourself that opportunity to save and invest early and build that compound interest in your favor. Saving and investing in a life insurance product can be dangerous if you're not careful. If you absolutely want a permanent life insurance product, make sure you understand the fees, the charges, the pros, the cons before you sign up. Simply having money in a high-yield savings account that's earning nowadays 2%, 2.2%, 2.4% interest could actually be a better option in the event of an untimely death. That money gets passed down along with the life insurance policy amount. In my opinion, that's a strategy I may go with if I was insurable in my 60s or 70s and had no savings. I think that's another topic for another day, but you know, how to plan your financial independence with $0 saved in your 60s. That's something that I will definitely uh, cover in a future episode. The next question that I want to tackle is how much life insurance? The amount of life insurance is ultimately going to vary from person to person. Remember, my strategy for life insurance is that it's a temporary placeholder until I build and secure my financial wealth. This means my family and I may have a mortgage, educational expenses for the kids, or in a rare situation alone that may exist. Make sure that the amount of life insurance in your policy is at least 10 times your income and covers all the liabilities for you and your family. So like I mentioned right before, a mortgage, right? So if you make $50,000 a year, you multiply that by 10, you've got a $500,000 policy. But if you still have a $200,000 mortgage left to pay off, then you add that to your 500,000. So that's a $700,000 policy. Then you wanna talk about college funds, right? For the kids. Maybe a wedding that you want to make sure is paid for and the first home purchase for your children. You know, these things like these things should be taken into consideration. So at least 10 times your income. But I would highly, highly recommend that you take into consideration all these other costs like college and homes and cars and, you know, anything else that you think your children may be interested in or your spouse may have a struggle with health insurance is something not to joke around with so if you add another five hundred thousand dollars or whatever to your policy two hundred thousand dollars to your policy to help cover your spouse's health care costs in the event that 
your spouse is no longer working or something happens, that's something that will benefit that spouse. So, you know, maybe 10 times your income and then double that. Why not, right? What about the stay-at-home parents? A lot of the research I've done and the recommendations from the other financial you know, gurus out there and personal finance community says 250000 to 500000 should cover most stay-at-home parents. But you could look into more depending on your family's situation. Another strategy of looking at how much term life insurance to sign up for is by analyzing how much your family needs yearly to survive and multiplying that amount by 25. For example, let's say you want your family to have $50,000 a year to live off of, right? Using the 4% rule. And the 4% rule basically says, take whatever amount of money your family needs to live off of and multiply that by 25. And that's basically that yearly amount that your family lives off of is 4% of the total amount that you know you need to ultimately secure financial independence. But if you had $50,000 to live off of every year, that would be a total policy for $1.25 million. And guess what? A 35-year-old male with good health in the state of Georgia would pay about $83 for a 30-year level term policy. I have a feeling 30 years is enough time for you to make enough money with a simple S&P 500 index fund that has the history to show that you can gain 8 to 9% over long periods of time. Just be mindful, right, to give yourself enough time to save and invest, to give yourself that opportunity to look into building a business, to having real estate, to creating passive income. That's why I'm a big fan of term life insurance because it's 10 to 20 times cheaper than permanent life insurance. And in that way, you're able to get a lot of life insurance and still be able to invest your money into different assets. Now, the need for life insurance should slowly decrease as you age and build wealth. As you introduce other assets besides stocks like CDs and real estate and bonds and other money-making tools, your reliance for life insurance should ultimately disappear. You understand? This is my strategy, and I understand there are people out there who may disagree with this philosophy. However, I have done the math for myself and the research for myself and my family to know what is best for me and them. I am a term life insurance fan because of the flexibility I have to allocate my money to other assets while maximizing the death benefit amount. I am simply more liquid with my money. That's what it comes down to. Another piece of advice I'd like to offer, do not think having life insurance through your employer is enough. You do not know how long your role at your job will remain. You need to have a separate policy outside of work. This way, you also ensure just in case you get laid off or decide to leave your job, you still have a life insurance policy. If you depend on that policy, the older you get, a separate policy will become more and more expensive. So I would just say get a life insurance policy you know, as early as you can the moment you start working and you have a family and they depend on you, get a separate policy outside of your job. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no way around not having life insurance when you are providing for others. Whether you choose a term or a permanent life insurance product that you qualify for is ultimately your decision. However, 
You cannot afford to simply sign up for a financial product you do not understand, and your loved ones who depend on you cannot afford for you to not have life insurance. Fellow parents, fellow providers, let us be more responsible to our loved ones. Do this one thing. If we haven't, for those we care about, okay? Do this one thing if we haven't, for those we care about. Consider for a moment you are in a car accident and no longer alive to provide and care for your family. What have you left them to survive with? What have you left them to survive with? Now, when it comes to the best life insurance companies, I mean, there's Pacific, there's Prudential, there's so many different companies out there. Um, currently, my life insurance policy is with Mass Mutual, and I've been pleased with their service and rates. It's very basic, you know, nothing to it. If you're interested in getting life insurance, I recommend checking out Haven Life or Health IQ, and they will help you get some of the best life insurance quotes online. I'll put some links in the show notes for you. Those are affiliate links. So if you do sign up for their product, then Habesha Finance Platform will receive a commission. And it's just a small way for you to support uh, the Habesha Finance Platform, really this passion project. But I received my mass mutual policy through Haven Life. And so far, I've been very pleased. They have some extra perks like writing a will and some other things that are pretty cool. Uh, go ahead and shop around so you get the best deal on one of the most important decisions that you will make on your finances. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you all have a wonderful and purposeful week.